Hello, treasured women. I am so fascinated by the peace of Christ because it truly surpasses all human understanding. As we continue our series on peace today, I'm going to share about how the peace of Jesus gives us the mind of Christ. And for those of you that are new to this podcast, welcome. My name is Karina Don Reed, and I am so delighted that you are listening today. So let's step into the peace of Jesus together. The Trumpets of Tears of Podcast is a biblical lifestyle targeting tool for shifting your mindset from the world's way back to God's way. The peace of Jesus is like nothing else. Now, last week we looked at how true peace is attached to the character of Jesus. So we need Jesus to have true peace. When we're striving to live life as Jesus did in peace, it's not just to lay down anger and negative emotions, but it's to lay down judgments of other people. The more we become people of peace, partnering with the true peace that only Jesus offers, then we're operating in a place where our emotions are less likely to get the better of us. Now, God designed us with emotions. Emotions help motivate us and it affects our heart posture. It sometimes even protects us and puts us into action. And as women, we know that if one woman in a group starts to cry, most likely half of the group is all going to end up crying with that first woman, right? We know this. It happens every time. Emotions also allow us to empathize with one another. And that empathy moves us into taking action. And that's how all emotions work. They move us forward so that we will take an action. Now it moves us to help others, to rally around others and support others when we feel bad for one another. But it isn't just for negative emotions. The same thing happens with positive emotions. We feel joy that moves us to celebrate one another and to rejoice at how good God is and what he's done. And God wants his children to help one another. And he wants us to celebrate one one another without feeling any emotions. We would stay in our own self-serving bubble. But God wants us upwardly and outwardly focused. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he also had emotions. Because John eleven thirty five 35 has two words in it. And it says, Jesus wept. Now, in this part of scripture, we see that Lazarus had died. And Jesus was going to raise him from the dead. Now, Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus. And when he heard this news, it didn't move him to cry. But as Mary came out of running to meet Jesus, sobbing at his feet, because her brother died, John eleven thirty three 33 says, And when Jesus saw her sobbing, and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, he was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death and was troubled. Jesus wept, not because he was sad for Mary and Martha. Jesus wasn't sad because he lost a friend. He knew he was going to raise him and he knew where people go after they die. But Jesus wept because of the sorrow that death causes people. Jesus was troubled at the grief people experience in the death process. 
Jesus was deeply moved in spirit because he felt the weight of what he was going to have to do. He needed to relieve people of their sorrow over death by becoming a sacrifice and overcoming death for all people so that all people have the opportunity to live again for eternity with him. No more sadness, no more grief. He was angry that people have to go through this experience, which Father God did not design. If Adam and Eve hadn't eaten the forbidden fruit, death wouldn't have entered into the picture. And so Jesus was grieved at the toll sin takes on people and families and loved ones. Jesus had to give us the victory so that then we could declare, Oh, death, where is your sting? (laughs) We can only keep our emotions in check the same way that Jesus did when we're operating in his peace. Without the peace of Jesus, we will react to our emotions. And we all know that when people are too emotionally charged, especially when it's a negative emotion, people physically hurt other people. But with the peace of Jesus, we operate in such a way that's different that we don't need to react, but instead we get to respond. The peace of Jesus, the peace that Jesus gives us, then transforms our mind into the mind of Christ. That allows us to feel an emotion, but respond with a clear head. The peace of Jesus overrides the emotions being felt because we're still operating with the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is always peaceful. Now we know the mind controls the body. And the mind has the ability to keep our emotions in check, but when we aren't operating in the peace of Jesus with the mind of Christ, there's nothing to keep our emotions in check, and therefore our emotions have the opportunity to rule the way we act instead of our mind ruling the way we act. And this is why some people in the world say, I lost my mind, I have no idea what just happened right now. I've listened to many court cases where someone was being tried for murder and you hear them saying, I was in a blind rage. Well, of course, because they were without the mind of Christ. So yes, the enemy will take the opportunity every single time to control us when we don't have the mind of Christ. And this is why we need to do things the Lord's way so that the enemy is not allowed into our life. Understanding the peace of Jesus is a huge key to navigating through life. Romans 12 verses 18 through 20. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath and his judicial righteousness. For it is written in scripture, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now we can only feed our enemy when we have the mind of Christ. We can only have the mind of Christ by operating in his peace. 
when we operate with the world's mind, we want them to suffer and we hold on to negative emotions. But when we have the mind of Christ, we can let those things go and operate in the peace and operate in the ways of Christ. And that's how we look different. And that's how we respond different because we're operating with the mind of Christ. Our actions have to line up with Christ's actions and with our Holy Scripture. And in this scripture, the directions are clear. Live at peace and let God bring justice. Every time we step in for our own justice, it's always going to fall short of God's justice. And then we've sinned because we've taken his job, which we aren't qualified to do. And so we need to learn how to have the mind of Christ so we can operate in his true peace. So let's look closely at this because there are very practical steps that we can start to train our mind to partner with the peace of Jesus in a very practical way. So the first thing is to realize that you are in control of your own mind. It was given to you by the Lord for your body your mind, your body, your spirit. Don't allow random thoughts to take up space. If you're having trouble quieting your mind or focusing your mind, get into the habit of thinking about heavenly things because there's a scripture for that. God tells us what to do. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on earth, which only have temporal value. As you take ownership of your mind, you get to take every thought captive. It's how God designed it, regardless of how smart you are, regardless of how you rate on the IQ scale. This is for everyone. That any time an ungodly thought or a negative thought comes in, start to think about the heavenly things. And maybe that means you picture the face of Jesus. And maybe that means you picture your heavenly home. Maybe you think about Jesus sitting on the throne in the throne room of heaven. But you have to make a plan for what you're going to think about when you need to refocus your mind. Take accountability for what your mind is thinking about and put a plan into place so that you can train your mind. This is what scripture tells us. And this is a free, easy step to start operating in the peace, having the mind of Christ. So simple for us to do, but we have to take that action step. And I even encourage you to take it a step further and print out that Bible verse or write out the Bible verse and put it on your coffee pot so that you remember to think habitually on the things of heaven. Put a visual reminder in place for yourself. You can also use technology. Set a daily alarm or a reminder that goes off in the middle of your day, reminding you to think about heavenly things. Train your mind to focus on the things above. When we want the things of God and we want to put God's things and God's ways as a priority for ourselves, we have to discipline ourselves. We have to make ourselves accountable to following through. 
And so we have little actions we can put in place for ourselves. I love that Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. As you take your thought life captive, as you take ownership and responsibility over your mind and do what scripture tells us, you will operate in peace because you're operating with the mind of Christ. And this is God's design. And God only has one design and there's only one way to do things and that's his one way. And when we do things his way, it makes our life so much easier. We get to operate in this crazy world in his supernatural peace because he's given us peace as a free gift and a way for us to step into it. His peace is to help sustain us through the journey of life. And when we pursue his true peace, then we are a beautiful example of what it means to be a Christ follower. It allows our life to be a testimony of who he is without even needing to say a word. And that's what we're called to do. Point to the Lord at every turn, in every action, in every world, and in every way. Amen? (laughs) He's so good. He is so good. Well, if you haven't heard, we've started a church service on Wednesday nights, live streaming over YouTube because we believe in keeping God in the middle of our lives. And that means keeping God in the middle of our week. So join me on Wednesday nights at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time and chat with us during service. But only subscribers to our YouTube channel get to chat with us. And chat is only available during the live stream, not in the replay. But if you do miss the live, you can still watch the service at your own convenience. So I encourage you, keep God in the middle of it all. Keep yourself accountable by doing simple acts that can keep God in the middle of it all. That can keep you accountable to doing things God's way. Put scripture, put reminders in front of your actual eyes so that you can continually think about the things of heaven and train your mind because you and you alone are the owner of your mind. Join us. It will awaken your purpose that God created you with and you will be transformed for all the rest of your days. God bless you. I'll see you next week.